Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast, where you'll learn the correct way to identify, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate real estate in today's market. A market in which volatility creates opportunity and sound principles defeat fads and bubbles. And now, here is your host, a 25-year commercial real estate veteran and co-owner of over $1 billion in real estate assets, Frank Rolfe. Walt Disney once said, I have been up against tough competition all my life. I wouldn't know how to get along without it. You can't get much more creative, of course, than Walt Disney. And that's the topic of this next of our Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast. The necessity of creative thinking in real estate in a competitive environment. So what was Disney talking about? Why was he addicted to competition? It's because competition is kind of exciting. It forces you to do a lot of interesting things. It allows you to sometimes fix inherent problems in the world. It sometimes brings out the best in you. It definitely makes life interesting. So how do you harness creativity in a competitive environment like we're in right now? Well, the first thing you do to get creative in real estate in this environment is you figure out how to better meet a need. Now think of all the things out there you're seeing right now in America where people are coming up with new ideas to address old problems. First one that comes to mind is Uber and Lyft, the whole concept of ride sharing. You look back a few years ago, we all had to use taxi cabs. That's all there was. You could do a taxi, you could do a bus, but really people didn't like the idea of getting on a bus with a bunch of strangers and how slow going it was. And people hated taxi cabs. You had drivers who weren't very friendly and the rate seemed very, very high. And then someone realized they could match technology to that need to get people around and provide a product better than a taxi. And that's where Uber and Lyft came from. So think about that in the real estate environment. How can you create or serve a need better? My partner Dave Reynolds and I do that every day with affordable housing through the mobile home park sector. I know other people who are utilizing Airbnb and doing great with that. But you got to think about how can I better serve the niche? Look at all the people who are bringing out all kinds of new and interesting housing variety types in a lot of urban settings. I was in a project recently in Chicago where someone has taken an old office building and converted it to a whole bunch of very small apartments that millennials love. And in the lobby is a gigantic entertainment area where everyone who lives in the building goes down while they're awake they socialize. There's even little restaurants down there. There's game tables and everything. They really only go up to their units to sleep. And since they're producing units that are only maybe three, 400 square feet, the rents are very, very low. It's solving a lot of problems for people who are just getting started. A lot of people straight out of college, they don't have enough money to really rent a traditional apartment. And that's exactly the niche that's being filled. So if you want to get really creative, the first thing you should think about is what have you noticed out there? as far as good ideas to solve problems, because those kinds of solutions often are the true key to successful creative real estate. The next item is just picking the right niche. Don't just go with what everyone else is doing. Everyone out there, it seems to me right now, is flipping houses. I don't blame them. I watch the show Flip or Flop. I think it looks kind of cool. What could be more fun than buying a house, slapping some paint on it, and then selling it for fifty or 100000 more than you paid. Of course, the truth isn't as rosy right now. 
An article that just came out said that only 5% of real estate flips are actually profitable. That means 95% of people lose money on those flips. So probably just because the whole pack is doing flips doesn't mean you should be doing it. Be a little more creative in your selection of the niche. There's so many different sectors of real estate. There's dozens of them. Maybe the right niche for you, because you're really into boating, is working on investing in a marina. Maybe it's in buying an RV park. Maybe it's in building billboards along the freeway. But think creatively. Think about all the niches out there. We're going to go over that in a, in a, in a future podcast episode. But just think about all the things out there. And don't think like the herd. Be unique. Put your money where your mouth is as far as what you think the trends are going forward in America today. Be creative about what sector you select. The next one is be creative about how to get into the business. I'll let you in on a secret, both by myself and my business partner, Dave Reynolds. We both started up in the real estate industry using credit card drawdowns. It's a crazy concept today, but we were young back then in our 20s. I did mine in Dallas, Dave did his in Colorado. I had a bunch of credit cards. I got them in college. I would get them in the mail. Here's a credit card from Visa. Here's another credit card from MasterCard. And they all would have balances on them that you could tap into, $3,000, $5,000. So I went down to the bank, and I drew it all down one day. I think it was about $80,000. Dave did the same thing. He drew down about $100,000. You'd never do that today. My gosh, the interest rates are like 30%. But for the moment, this is back in the 80s, it seemed like a smart thing to do to get into the business. A lot of times you have to find ways to bootstrap your way in. I know other people who got into real estate by initially managing properties. And then once they'd proven themselves a good manager, they got other people to invest in their ideas. That's what Conrad Hilton did when he did his his empire of hotels. He built some towers. They flopped. He lost them in bankruptcy. And then he really knuckled down on being a great manager. And over time, people thought he's such a good hotel manager, I'd invest in what he's doing. And that's where he raised the capital to buy all those hotels that he did. But you can find a way, if you're creative, to bootstrap your way into the real estate sector. It's just unique enough that you can do it. All you have to do is just think outside the box. Don't, again, follow what everyone else is doing. That doesn't work. When you see something on a real estate uh, infomercial late at night, it's a pretty good bet that's a terrible idea. That's all I see right now are people still trying to pump the idea of home flipping. I don't think that's the way to go right now. I think instead you have to creatively figure out what you can do and then additionally how you can get into it. Anyone who really wants to do something and is willing to try really hard and think outside the box can typically find a way in the door. Finally, you've got to be a deal maker and not a deal killer. It is so easy to get in a rut of saying no about everything. There are so many opportunities that are lost every day in America because people look at that thing and they say, oh, I don't want to do that. This could happen. That could happen. That's not how it works. If you really want to get somewhere in real estate, you've got to think, how can I make it happen? How could I do that? Look at Donald Trump. One of his early deals was building a high-rise building above a normal building there in Manhattan. 
I don't remember all the details of it, but that's really how he got his foot in the door in real estate. Was he, he figured out a creative way to make his deal happen. So he figured out a way that he could tie the numbers together if he built this building that went and over and hung out over another property. But he pulled it off. There's so many times that the best thing you can do is to take the difficult path and figure out how to put all the pieces together. So you always want to be a deal maker. You never want to be a deal killer. You've probably worked with deal killers in the past. A very common deal killer that people work with is an attorney. You go to the attorney, you say, hey, I want to do this deal. Here's how it works. Can you write me up a contract? And all you hear from the attorney is, no, 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 that won't work. If that's a bad idea, you shouldn't do it. Or you get a contract from the seller. You take it to your attorney and say, okay, what do you think about these changes? Or do I need to make any changes in the contract? And the attorney comes up with 75 different things that you need to do with the full knowledge that the seller will never agree to any of them. So basically, he's taking your whole deal and throwing it in the trash. That's not how you get anywhere in real estate. That's what deal killers do. You ever notice when you talk to deal killers how they never got anything out of life? Oh, they're just great at saying no to everything. I once met with a guy. He was a banker. He had all these stories, but they all ended with, but I didn't do it. He told me this long story about he was driving down a country road, and he always wanted to have a Ford Thunderbird, a classic Thunderbird, and there it was, sitting in the yard of somebody out in the middle of nowhere, his dream car, bright red, white top. This was his final moment to get his dream Ford Thunderbird. So he pulled over. He went up to the house, knocked on the door. The guy said, hey, how's it going? He said, hey, what's the deal on your Thunderbird? Can I buy it? I gave him a price, and I thought the end of the story was he bought it. So I said, wow, it's a great story. So, so uh, you know, where are you keeping it? In your garage? Have you got it restored? And he said, ah, well, I didn't buy it because I talked to the guy, and, you know, I wasn't really sure the engine was very good, and it had a little more miles than I figured. And I looked inside, and there was a little tear on the seat, and that's a deal killer, an absolute deal killer. What would a, what a deal maker have done? A deal maker would have said, hey, let me bring someone in to look at the engine. Let me price out what it would cost to fix the seat. Let me get this car in the hands of an expert who can tell me the true condition. But the guy didn't do that because he's a professional deal killer. He's the kind of banker that every time someone brings him something new and interesting, he poo-poos the whole thing and says, no, the bank doesn't want to do it. It's just too darn risky. That's not the path you want to take. You've got to be a deal maker. Every time you see a deal, instead of saying, nah, I don't want to do that, be thinking, okay, this is the way this deal could work. I've never seen a deal I couldn't twist around to that. I've seen deals that just wouldn't make any sense. But still, they might make sense if it was zero down, non-recourse debt. Might make sense if you say, well, the rents are at X, but the market rents are at 2X. But put that little extra effort in. Trying to be someone who is a deal maker is going to put you in a position unlike most people. You know, there's an old saying that I always think to myself, and that is that successful people do what unsuccessful people don't. And what that often means when you're out there in real estate is try and come up with ways to make things work. Don't look at everything as half, half empty. Look at things as being more half full. Because in a market like we're in today where things are so competitive, often you've got to think outside the box. You have to push the envelope a little to make things happen. Going back to Uber, look at them. They took something that anyone else would say, no, you can't do it. 
You don't have a taxicab franchise. You don't have a taxicab medallion. You can't possibly get in the concept of driving people around. But Uber looked at the playing field and said, no, I'm going to give it a whirl anyway. And look where they are. Again, being a deal maker is an essential part of succeeding in real estate today. When the environment isn't competitive, sure. You can say no to many deals because there's always that next one that's even better. But in today's world, we have a lot of people out there who have realized now that real estate is the only possible source of wealth remaining in America, that you have to put in that little extra effort to be a deal maker. Let me tell you one more thing I've learned over many, many years of being in real estate. Don't for a minute think you have a handle on what the seller will say no to. I've gone on many deals and offered people 50% of asking price and they've accepted it. I've gone to many deals and told the seller the only way it will work is if he carries all the financing and they've done it. I've been to people with properties that were failing miserably and say, hey, the only way I can buy this is if I take a master lease on it for a few years and try and fix it and then buy it from you. And even though you would say, no, the guy would never agree to that, they often do. So be a deal maker, not a deal killer. Be creative. Figure out how to address a better need. Figure out what the right niche is in today's competitive world and be ready to bootstrap your way in the door. If you can just do those things, you can succeed even in this competitive environment. It's all based, again, on creative real estate thinking. This is Frank Rolfe with the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you were here today and I'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at CREUmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on real estate investing. And if you have a moment, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.